Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. We are going back to basics this week because I'm Chris and I'm here with Alex and Daniel. Hello. Old school. Hello, what are you saying? Are you saying that I'm basic? Yeah, you're a basic... <laughs> unit. <laughs> so like yeah, basic droid. I like to be called a unit. It's <laughs> my favourite description of myself. <laughs> no, this is nice, the old gang back together again. Why, why are we back well, together, Well, that's right. Uh, why not, is what I would okay, say. fair enough. No, no, no special reason. Are we going to say that? All right, so this yeah. is going to be my last podcast because I'm leaving IGN this week. After yeah. nine years, and it's really sad, but I'm not going to cry because Dan and I just did a superhero show and we nearly cried in it. That was, it was quite emotional, it was, wasn't it? Like, I was, I, I especially thought... when he hugged me. I nearly yeah. lost it. Yeah. And we forgot to say thank you to Dale. Dale, thank you for the superhero show thank work. Thank you, and we, to Rich we, as well. We forgot we, we lost our minds. Well, it's because I wasn't... I, like, I planned a rough thing I was going to say, and like points, and then it kind of just fumbled my way through because like, of emotions. Aww. End, emotions. Of, end of an era. Bless. But I'm very sad to be leaving you all. But hopefully we're going to go out on high. Yes, definitely. The, the, the best podcast yet is that right the best of the 353 this is going to be okay well, although looking at the running order i'm not sure <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but anyway it was shared with you you said it now don't want to start on a negative uh let's start on a positive <laughs> as in rogue one yes. so new trailers just yes. come out uh i promised myself that i wasn't gonna look at any more until the film comes out but then i actually wasn't that bothered about the film so i thought oh, I yeah you weren't well that bothered so i was like you might as well watch it uh, that's no. what trailers are for to yeah. get you excited for the movie well, why don't you two talk about it first Oh, okay. Do you want to start, Daniel? Yes. Um, I'm excited for another Star Wars movie. I'm excited by the idea of exploring something away from, like, the Skywalker Disney for want of a better expression. Yep. And I didn't really have much of a sense. Like, we've always been talking about this film, like, where's the dramatic tension? Because you know what happens. You know they get the plans and they eventually blow up the Death Star. This trailer gives you a bit more insight into what the actual drama of the film is. It's a story about a father and a daughter, and actually, she's getting the plans back, but in the process, I guess the real dramatic tension is, is she going to save her father, mm. who's been kidnapped and forced against his will, presumably, to build the technology that powers the Death Star. So I quite like that I know what the hook of the film really is, yeah. and that seems interesting to me, and also, I really love Mads Mikkelsen, so I'm into that. For me, it just seemed to be reaffirming stuff that I thought about the film mm-hmm. in terms of all the stuff you said. That's kind of what we... We've always we hinted at that. that out. Yeah, but to see it like this is the, the beat, heartbeat of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I like the music. Mm. I thought the music was really good. What, the sort of slow version? Is that Giacchino yeah. then? I don't know. Because who... Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Clint... There's a guy attached and he walked off recently and they had to replace him last minute and I think they did Giacchino. Right. He's also doing Doctor Strange. So nice. He's got a lot on, hasn't he? Uh, Busy I, man. I like the look of Ben Mendelsohn as the villain. He's the force of nature as an actor, and I think he could be a fun new addition to the universe. Um, I'm like, you know, I've said it many times before on this podcast, even that I'm not a big fan of prequels. I still have a problem with this this lack of tension. I guess they're going to succeed, but everyone's going to die. That's what I feel like mm. is going to happen in this film. And, and where's the drama in that, mm. or the dramatic tension in that? I thought some of the dialogue was a bit on the nose. Yeah. I oh, always find it a bit... line. Yeah, and, and when someone says the title of the film yeah. in the uh, trailer... The delivery's not very good. It's like, no. it's like you can even hear the actor going, are we really doing this? <laughs> oh, bro, come and some And some of her dialogue seemed a little well, bit... Yeah, so there was one bit where she says, rebellions are built on hope, which sounds like it should be a massive kind of like uh, war cry, but it just felt flat. Yeah, I, I thought. and again, it's a bit too on the nose because obviously the next film is it's a new, new hope. hope. Sure. And it's like, yeah. it was making me cringe a little bit, but um, it's Star Wars is Star Wars. I'm still excited for it, but it's hard as well when you you know all this, the problems around this film yeah. and the fact that they've reshot the majority of it. I'm intrigued to see how much from the last trailer ends up in the film, bearing in mind they've reshot stuff in between. Mm. Um, That's a really good it just point. makes you a bit worried, but I'm in. How about you, Alex? Yeah, I'm not sure I am. Uh, I, I think 
all the reasons we've just discussed. But I think more importantly, it just doesn't feel like a Star Wars film. If it didn't have the X-Wings the, the and the, the imagery. Yeah, it, it could just be another sort of sci-fi film. I did like the idea of them tying it in with her, um, you know, whatever it's going to be with her dad, whether, he, it, whether he's Jewish. turned or not. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, and, I, and I wondered if there's going to be a Skywalker Darth Vader moment at the end of the film. Maybe. But I was just, yeah, I, I think watched it and I was like, eh, oh, of course I'll go and see it. I've but like seen compared it. to this time last year, well, I was well, it's, it's so yeah, yeah but like even that was almost on a n- different level. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's not like that feeling at all. They have got a really tough job on their hands at the moment. I think. Yeah. You know, they felt the need to put Star Wars in the title in a really clunky way, just because I think they're starting to to worry. That... Do you think they should have just called it Star Wars Rogue One? Yeah, I think so. Like, why yeah. not? And this talk of them not having a crawl potentially at the start of the film it doesn't need to not have a crawl. Like, it's a Star Wars movie, just. That's part. That's what makes them unique. Yeah. Is the, these certain traits and yeah. and yeah, I I, I don't know. We're, we're yet to see if that's the truth or yeah, not. Yeah, I have I, seen. I think it. they should celebrate that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Personally. Yeah, I have seen a couple of things with Felicity Jones in recently, and I've been a bit unsure of her as well. I think. I mean, she was brilliant in um, Monster Calls. She was good in Monster Calls. She was brilliant in the Stephen Hawking movie. Yep. Which name I can't remember. Um, sure. It hit- Theory, theory of everything. Theory of everything. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But I've seen her be a bit wooden in a couple of other things. Right. And she's obviously got to carry this movie. Big time. Um, and yeah, like like I said, a couple of those line deliveries was having me slightly concerned. Yeah. But it's a really cool ensemble of, of actors as well. I like I like the, the cast they've assembled. I really like Riz Ahmed. And well, what, what Forrest Whitaker are we going to get? Because he can sometimes go way overboard. What was, the, what was his line in the trailer? Something, like, something about the dream. Like, Don't let it die. Yeah. All right. Chill out. Because yeah. uh, that's, that's the scene that we've seen in previous trailers where it's obviously a big speech. And he's just, he's just got such a crazy look going on. It's yeah. like, I don't know, like an old Richard Ayoade. <laughs> <laughs> in space it's like his new travel show he's gone he's gone into deep space pretty sure that's the, that's what they were aiming for that's his the direction goes, they um, just cast him can we have some sketches of what we're going for off this like a gadget man in, in the galaxy <laughs> that's his role in the team he's the gadget guy have you got any sketches for gadget man um, this one yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah I just, I just I'm in really in two minds about this one yeah I like the idea I don't know if they're going to pull it off like you say it's not like a Star Wars film for you. Like for me, Star Wars is family drama. Again, this this big war thing. And that's what this is, I think. Sure. And if the stuff with her and her dad is strong enough, I think it'll work. Yeah. I wonder if there are surprises in this one that we're yet to see. Because I heard rumours of, of some, not just Darth Vader returning, but some other characters well, popping up. There was the rumour for a long time of a CG Peter Cushing. Yeah. That was a thing. But well, there's a... A guy in the trailer who I thought is that a young Moff Tarkin, but he wouldn't be young. No, I guess not. Well, it depends how how long did it take to build the Death Star? Might have been fifty yeah. years. But it looks like it's in that trailer. It almost looks like it's nearly done. Yeah, it's around. The t- yeah, it'd be good to know. So I'm wonder, sure that's maybe out there. Like how many years before this? So I wonder if they are holding back stuff at this point, and there are, there are surprises, or if they're just throwing everything at the screen now in in the hope that it gets people in the cinema because. I don't know. I also feel like I kind of know the story now. Not not just because it's a, st- a prequel, but because mm. just having seen those trailers, I feel like they're telling a lot of the story. Yeah. But I could be completely wrong. I've got a bad feeling about this. Nice. What else is coming out at the end of the year, Daniel? Um, another film scored by Michael Giacchino oh, called really? Doctor Strange, which You've... I saw 15 minutes of. And this trailer is supposed to be in front of the final... Well, age... Uh... Rogue One trailer is yes. in front of Doctor Strange. So I don't know if there's another one coming. No, it'll be this one. Okay. Yeah, it'll just be attached, I think. And um, Doctor Strange footage was 15 minutes. Yeah, so what was the... This was something they did publicly all over the world, I think. Yeah, like for fans and stuff. And went along. Benedict Cumberbatch introed it. He was nice. very, very nice and um, charming. He's a very charming man. Yeah, although he said the word mem instead of meme. Uh-oh. Oh. Um, but did he, he looked like an otter? No, he, he looks brilliant. I love him. He's so charismatic and nice and smart. Just like, get a room. I wish I could. Well, I have actually met him in a hotel room, but that was for a drunkard. Me too. He calls it a, a mem, though. Oh, dear. But then he, but the thing with him, he's maybe so disconnected what, from that walk of life. He's a, he's a Shakespearean actor, Alex. He can't be. Maybe posh, pe- maybe posh people do call them mems. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, it's my mem. 
Mamma me. Um, so he was talking about why he wanted to do this movie. Because it's like, you know, he's pretty much done, he's done big roles, but nothing on this scale, not blockbuster. And he's just like, as an actor, you want to like just, I've never wanted to do a film of this scale where yeah. you have like an amazing costume. And he said, I got to run down like Fifth Avenue in New York, jumping into the sky and pretending to fight monsters. Yeah. And, he's like, and, that's cool. And, <laughs> like, and the thing he did before it was Hamlet on the London yeah. stage. So it's, yeah, I, if, I think if I was in his it's position, just like I'd I wanted to do it. It's like, like it looks amazing. I have a lot of like he's like I have a lot of friends that have done these movies, yeah. yeah, and they've had a blast. And I wanted to get involved, and so we saw 15 minutes of the movie, and it wasn't just three scenes or something like that. I think the director Scott Derrickson had put together kind of an extended sizzle reel, right? So it's quite edited as a whole piece, and it kind of went from his accident early on, him being really cocky in the hospital, flirting with Rachel McAdams, saw all of the accident in full, which is actually horrible seeing this car crash realized on that scale and budget because right. it's very particular about how his hands get injured and it's quite gruesome and it's quite shocking it's really scary and then you see the scene where he's like down and out he tours the world trying to find a cure for his hands because he can no longer be the world's best surgeon and he meets Tilda Swinton and she starts telling him stuff starts teaching him and he's just so disillusioned because he's like well you're just a huckster like this is just garbage and she starts talking to him about energy and meditation and he goes I don't believe in any of this crap and then she he's going on and like I'm gonna go and she does that thing in the trailer where she punches him and his spirit leaves his body and then he still won't believe it he's like you've poisoned me something in the tea like you've given me acid or LSD and then she touches his mind and what follows is the most weird sequence I've seen in a mainstream film for a long time so in the trailer so far you've seen buildings crumbling like doing the inception thing yeah yeah there was stuff in the sequence which was just nuts. It was like really avant-garde visuals where he was falling through his own eyeball. Then he was in like this other dimension that didn't look like space or anything. It looked like molecules stretched onto a giant scale. Right. It, it, little hands were grabbing his face and then that became a bigger version of his head. It was really, really weird. And Good weird? Yeah, brilliantly okay. weird. And he comes back and then he's like, that's where the, you get the punchline of teach me because he realizes... There's so much he doesn't know. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm not going to go through it all, but later on you get some more action sequences. And what I realized that it's a much funnier movie. It's got the same Marvel tone. Yeah. Because the first few trailers seem quite serious yeah. and quite solemn. But it's really funny. There's lots of really good gags and Mads Mikkelsen looks really good. And then what was at the end was kind of the action sequence in New York where everything is folding in on itself. And it was brilliant. And it was really good in 3D, actually, because you've got perspective changing yeah. so it actually works really well in 3D and there's bits where him and Chewetel Ejiofor are running down the street and Mads Mikkelsen is bending gravity so they're like falling down the sides of buildings and then falling mid-air and then they're creating portals and like appearing somewhere else <laughs> so it's like a bit like Portal the Game yeah, yeah, yeah. crossed with like an Escher print yeah it's really cool it's it sounds to me more like what you thought it might be when you know obviously yeah. you visited the set and then the trailers came out and everyone was like Oh, it looks like a superhero movie crossed with Inception. And you were saying at the time, I think there's a lot more to this. Yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah. weirder stuff. And yeah. there are, there's like him, there's like a, there's a very famous picture of Steve Ditko did of a panel of Doctor Strange, which he's used quite a lot. It's like, this is how weird Doctor Strange is. And they've done, they've kind of realized that on a bigger budget in the film, obviously. Like, and he like lands in this, like, it's called the dark dimension. And he lands mm. down and it just looks so weird and colorful. Like it's really bright and weird and psychedelic. And you look at that, you're going, that's a weird image in a, yeah. a big movie. I've never seen anything like it. So how do you think that's going to kind of, well, how do you think the masses are going to kind of... Accept? I don't know. Like, it's really hard because with all their big characters, they've done a good job of introing them in another movie. Yeah. So you get people in for Captain America and you give them Black Panther. Yeah. And you would do a Black Panther film and people have that kind of character recognition. Our man was a bit new. Yeah. He came out of nowhere. But like, he, he doesn't have that soft intro. But in this movie, they're kind of putting all the time into just focusing on this character. So he's got all of the running time on him. So, you know, fair enough. I, I think if they could do it with Ant-Man, they can do it with anything at this How point. How did Ant-Man do at the box it office? It did well. It made enough money that they immediately greenlit a sequel. It right. didn't do the numbers that some of the but other Marvel Mar- has. But Marvel, but okay, course, yeah. is, Marvel int- is good for everyone else. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So I think after that, they can do anything. And this, this, I think this is an easier character to embrace than than Ant-Man is yeah and it's, it's an also, easy concept and also to get that, your head around you know and also that accusation that you're always doing the same thing what this movie's quite good for them is it takes after Civil War, War which was all the characters yeah. this is a nice little break from all of that stuff yeah. 
if you think that's getting a bit kind of repetitive, if you're one of those people, it's kind of a complete break, but it's still the same kind of tone and formula, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, three big movies coming out this Christmas, mm. two of which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Which one of those are you most looking forward to seeing? If you could only see one of them now, which one Ooh, would it be? That's hard. That's I, I'm here to ask the tough questions. Well, I'd want to see Rogue One because it's a Star Wars film, but the film I'm most excited about is Doctor Strange. So which one are you picking? If I can, if I can scream one for you this evening. I'll go Doctor Strange. Okay, how about you, Daniel? Doctor Strange. Best. Me too. That cast is amazing. No Harry Potter fans? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Potter turned, or, uh, or the most money. It, yeah, or, or it turns out to be the best film. I mean, you know, the trailers, the trailers. It looks like it's largely a kids' film, but that could be a really fun movie. I really like the period setting. Yeah. Uh, what am I saying? Like, Star Wars is going to take the most money, isn't it? I th- yeah. It depends. Wars, it depends Wars the Wars word of mouth on Fantastic Beasts and like how clear it is it's a Harry Potter thing. Like to people mm. like that. I would go. Star Wars will make the most. Then Strange. Then Beasts. Ooh. But that could be totally wrong. Yeah. I mean, Fantastic Beasts has got that family thing for Christmas. It's, yeah. the, it's the most obviously fam, yeah. family, family film for yeah. kids to go to. Yeah, what rating is Rogue One going to be? It'll be Fair a PG. PG or 12. Mm. Yeah. What was Force Awakens? That was PG, wasn't it? I think so. It doesn't really matter if it's twice. Kids yeah. can still go yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. so it doesn't really matter. Good. That cool. is the movie stuff done. Is there any gaming chat to be had or are we moving into... No. All right, what section should we do now? I want to do Tilly on Telly. Do you want to do Tilly on Telly? Yeah. For the second got, and final time. I didn't even know it was a thing. You not heard about it? No. Heard it. It was, People out there are bloody loving it. Yeah, it was kind of a big deal a couple of months ago. It's. I feel like it's died down a little bit. Well, so much so that what? you've only done it once before. <laughs> Last time I was on the podcast, we did it. Right. So I'm sure a lot of you out there are wanting to know what I've been watching on TV this week. So, <laughs> I'm desperate to know. So, Did you work out what this, this is, what that's about? <laughs> so I have watched a new Netflix film, right. Mascots, from the mind of Christopher Guest. Yeah. Are you a Christopher Guest fan? Who's he? He's Spinal Tap, best in show. Uh, he does the mockumentaries. So I've not seen Spinal Tap, best in show. I had a really horrible date movie. That was a horrible date movie. <sighs> So it's probably not my favourite. Pro- I think it's a good date movie, but did you have a horrible date? Uh, yeah, I had a bad date. Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, yes, 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 bad yes. dates. Oh, I'm just, well, I'm just. <laughs> I feel like there's a story there. Yeah, there is. That's what I'm thinking. No, no, no. Are you sure that news journalist? That interview thing where you leave a pause. <laughs> did you do the pop? Did you do the popcorn yep. trick? I would never do that. That's that is your trick. You thanks. know that moment of silence. I was wondering whether to say that joke or not. I've got nothing to lose at this point. I've got nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, and it is. Uh, it's fun and it's funny. Uh, it's about. Um, it's a. It's a. It's a glimpse inside the world of people that dress up as mascots at sporting events. I think that's a really right. good premise for him. Yeah, yeah, and they're having in Anaheim. They're celebrating the eighth <laughs> annual uh, mascot of the year contest. Right, and so mascots from all over America. Uh, go there but um, also one from South Croydon goes there he is a hedgehog who uh, <laughs> well, he's a mascot he's a hedgehog, who, hedgehog. who cheers on a, a non-league uh, Croydon team okay and so yeah following in the footsteps of his dad and he ends up being kind of the star of the movie actually and yeah it was just really fun because I'm from Croydon you know, yeah. you're from that neck of the woods and is, it was is it what, what's the palace mascot eagle Right. Yeah. With the, when, and it names the Eagles. And has he got a name? Uh, Pete the Eagle, yeah. Pete the Eagle. Can't do Eddie. I'll tell you what the really cute thing is. We've got a, um, there's a female Eagle now. that, Ooh. that And uh, they got married in real life. Oh my the two God. of them. They got married in real life. Did real they know life. each other before? Did he get her involved in it? I don't know the exact story. Yeah, like, I never see you at weekends. <laughs> you know what to do. <laughs> What's the female well, that, eagle called? Uh, I don't know. Petra. I don't know. <laughs> but funny enough, the guy who the guy who co-wrote mascots with Christopher Guest is a guy called Jim Piddock, who's a Crystal Palace fan. Right. I think that's why he said Hence it in Croydon. The, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. This is right. a real Tilly special. This episode, isn't say, it? Like, Movies, no game stuff. Crystal Palace I, and popcorn trick. It's not my fault. There's no game stuff on here. <laughs> I didn't put this running order together. So is this a film or... Uh, it's a film. Um, but this is called Tilly on Telly? Uh, that's debuting on Netflix. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Uh, gotcha. Nice. <laughs> you. Uh, in fact, we're recording this on Thursday the 13th. It debuted today on Netflix. Oh, we'll watch and that I think we're going to see that going forward. More and more films 
that Netflix. Yep. Uh, well, um, Duncan Jones' new film, Mute, mm. that he's shooting right now in Berlin. Netflix has paid for it. Really? I don't think that means it'll debut on Netflix, but, but they, they obviously it. it'll come quickly too. Yeah, Netflix, yeah. So right. There's nothing else. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll just play at some festivals in, for, for for the award circuit, and then it'll go like to the number of new big budget shows they seem to be pumping out. They but the thing is, they're so in every country on the planet apart from China and North Korea. Right. Think how much money they're making, sure. and like it was brilliant. Like I think their goal that my girlfriend attended like a Netflix day like a year ago, and they said that their the whole goal is they want to be debuting a new movie documentary or TV series every week. That's Which where they want to be. It seems I, like I think they're not far off. I think the idea is that they phase out the film catalogue that they've right. got of other people's films, and so eventually it'll be all original sure. programming on there. I mean, it's amazing, and it's completely changing the way we're consuming TV. And it's happened so quickly. I was listening to a, do- uh, a, a, a podcast this morning with uh, Dana, I think it's called Dana Brunetti, and he is um, he used to be Kevin Spacey's assistant and mm-hmm. now he's a producer and he was the one they were going to go with HBO to make House of Cards but HBO would only um, give them the money for a pilot right but they mm. they were they were going to say yes and that day Netflix phoned them up and said we'll give you 100 million dollars uh, to make two seasons of this wow and Spacey was like what what, what, and, it debuts, and we put and they were like and we'll put them all out on the same day and no one had done that at that yeah, point yeah, yeah. and yeah. so um, this guy was saying that Spacey was like, I'm not sure about this. And he said, just say yes, put down the phone, and I'll explain to you why this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the way it's going. And that's great that's vision, because it was weird when they first did that. Well, yeah, yeah. well, I remember when House of Cards started, you were like, it's almost like, is this allowed? Yeah. This is like, because you, yeah. you're like David Fincher and Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And now, obviously, you've done Bat an Eyelid, really. But like, by the, I remember when that first came out, what, two, three years ago? Yeah. It just felt naughty, it had all this good stuff well, immediately. This guy compared it to, like, you choosing a book that you want to read and being only given one chapter every week. Yeah. Well, now if I'm enjoying it, I'll read three chapters yeah. tonight. Yeah, and I it, think I think Netflix are a bit like, you know, the thing with Netflix is, like, binging. But, they, like, Netflix, like, internally go, well, it's like, it's actually whenever you want, and it's up to you. If you want to watch all things, we're actually happy with that. that. If you want to watch one a day, one a week, it's literally up to you. That's the whole point of what well, they do. When it's not like that, like, when stuff, like, debuts on, like, Amazon Walking Prime, Dead for example, I'm like, this just feels so archaic. Yeah. It just feels so crazy that you're forcing me to wait a week to watch something. Game of Thrones. So, well, like, even, but even Westworld, they've kind of come early with some of if those. If you're episodes, on HBO they? Go, you can sh- they're letting you watch the next episode early, but yeah. it's still like, ugh, But also yeah. they're doing it, like, well, I'm sure they planned it, but they're not announcing it. So it's just appearing and then they're saying, oh, we've released this two days early, I yeah. saw with the yeah. second episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, well, I think just, it caught a lot of people by surprise. strange yeah. thing to do. Maybe create buzz yeah. and stuff. So have you been watching Westworld? I have. And uh, thoughts? I really like it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of excitement and people saying it's the best show that HBO has done since Game of Thrones. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm quite that into it, but mm. I think it's exploring some interesting um, storylines. The second episode I thought was very strong. And if you've seen the second no, episode, I think, that's what I heard. I think it's got well, first episode. It's got loads of potential. Yeah, you just think what are the possibilities here? It's like a st- like for storytelling. Yeah, such a brilliant setup. Like the when it's like a spoiler for the first episode when you find out James Morrison's character isn't a visitor. It's a pretty big spoiler. Well, it's been a time. I, I, I said spoiler. They could have gone. F- Did he leave a big enough gap between saying spoiler? Well, he didn't say it straight away. Okay. What, what's the accepted oh. gap after saying spoiler? Well, yeah, these no, but also, seconds. like, it's a slight spoiler. It's not like anyway. Oh, it's, can't, I, I can't say anything in this house. No, I just, that's I just a remember very I got small. But I did get an email the from them asking not to reveal that from the company. Oh well. But it's but it's, it's been, been out. out. It's been yeah, out. Yeah, this oh, out. Anyway. Uh, so, have any of you two seen the second episode yet? Nope. No. Okay. Well, I won't I'll do spoil any spoilers. But it starts. It builds on some of the stuff. It adds, basically fleshes out some of the ideas that we saw in uh, episode one. And I think if they're going that quickly already, then it looks incredible. Does it? Does the second episode stay in the West, or do you see any other worlds? Uh, so I think it's primarily the West. Right. But I just oh, my vague memories of the movie is there's quite a lot of stuff. There's like ancient Rome. Oh, oh no, no, no. The last no, days no. of Rome and that no, kind of thing. No, no. Okay. You, you, there is a very brief kind of like modern day bit. Right. But it's very brief. Yeah. It's like there's a bit of like someone going into the world. Well, which also I think like is quite interesting no video well. game stuff explicitly this week, but it is, you know, it's suffused with video game ideas. Mm-hmm. The idea of replaying stuff is great. Yeah. And player like choice been, and player interaction. It's like they're quite explicit with that. I feel like they've been talking about that yeah. in the press as well. The fact that right, it's, I haven't read yeah, it's really Jonathan influenced Nolan. by. He, video games. Yeah, he said Bioshock, uh, Infinite, and 
Uh, his wife played a lot of GTA. Okay, because uh, I've read him, and he's the, commented about video games before, and I've read that stuff, so he's obviously video game literate. But like. she was saying like, one of her favourite game experiences literally just to hang out in Los Santos and just watch other people go through their uh, daily routines, and that's obviously a massive part of what this is. It's like Ed Harris is like, like the really violent character who plays GTA just to kill people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just to, some light relief. Yeah. So some, something's going on there. Yeah. Uh, have, have we seen any other telly this week that might have been influenced by video games, Daniel? Yes, we have. I saw um, the new uh, one of the new um, Black Mirror episodes. So there's six coming to Netflix yet again. So it's not on Channel 4 this time. And I saw the final one. Oh. Charlie Brooker said that he's still... Because obviously you don't need to watch them in any order. No. They stick standalone stories. Yeah. And he still said it, he said he's still kind of working out the order of the other ones. Because he says it doesn't really matter what order they're in. But he, he changes his mind and tells Netflix every day what order he wants them in. And then right. the next day he's like, oh, can we shuffle them up again? <laughs> but this one is fine, definitely the last one. Oh, why do you think that is? Um, just It's the feature length one. Oh, okay. And he just wants it to be the last one because it's the longest Fine. episode. It's 90 minutes long. It's got Kelly McDonald in it, Benedict Wong. And this is a cool thing I didn't know about the new series of Black Mirror. Each episode is in a different film or TV genre. So this one is his take on something like The Bridge or The Killing, which is like a Scandinavian noir thriller. Yep. And it's all about Twitter murders. It's about murders that are like kind of something to do with tw Twitter. And... It's really interesting, like a lot of Black Mirror stuff is. Yeah. I don't think it's one of the strongest ones, but it's still pretty compelling. And again, like go back to what you say about Netflix, like it looks amazing. Like there's a lot of special effects in this episode and they've done on a TV budget, quote unquote TV budget. Yeah. And they look brilliant. Yeah. And he's saying that's one of the best things about going to Netflix is they got the budget and the freedom to do this. And one of the reasons why he wants to work on Netflix stuff so one, there was a Q&A afterwards and someone said like you've made this why, why is that this in a cinema and he was like well does it need to be Yeah. like what's the difference and he's like Netflix if we made it for a cinema we'd have a bigger budget it would have taken three years to make mm. we made six movies in a year yeah, exactly you're not going to do six also though. the pressure on it to perform would be crippling whereas here we get, I get to do six things six ideas that I just come up with experiment th that yeah. can be like provocative in yeah. a way that they couldn't probably be in the cinema because there's too many stakeholders yeah. and he says like it doesn't really matter that it's on Netflix he doesn't see it as any different no certainly yeah even, even a positive but the other thing he said that was really cool was because it's Netflix and it's delivered by like a, a digital means he's thinking about ways he can kind of use that for future Black Mirror episodes so one idea he came up with he said was because you can tell where you are in the world when you're watching it yeah. that it plays a bit of dialogue that's relevant to where you live right which is kind of an interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. idea and then the other one he said was he quite likes the idea of doing an episode where the scenes can be scrambled up and played in any order so when you watch that episode it's never the same twice Wow, and then he was like, but then I thought about it. It's like oh too, that's too much work. Insane. But he How says it's like something that? that Netflix can do, right? Like, because it's just delivering you different files yeah, yeah, and then yeah. randomizing them. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I saw another that's one crazy. of them, which I'm not supposed to talk about yet. But that was, I would say, is the romance one because he, he, when I interviewed him, he said that he sees this series of six films as like a mini film festival, which goes on what you're saying about yeah. the fact that there are all these different genres. But yeah, it was really sweet the one I saw. Oh, interesting. And there's a there's a there's a gaming one that's very specifically about horror video games. You yeah, said. like yeah. a virtual reality. I don't know, yeah, I think there's like a new device that's coming out. And it's it first has person. Something like, like that. Well, well it's sure. funny. Or, I don't know if it's The producer Annabelle said it's like our version of Oculus Rift. And he said, oh, not really. And then he started saying what it was their version of. And then he said, oh, no, I don't want to say it. I don't want to spoil it. Right. So I'm just going by the trailer. There was a lot of like first person stuff. And it looked like, I don't know like recruits being trained right in and i think it's the one reality where the and then like thrown into combat and because there's a bit where like you've killed your first person how does it feel i saw that stuff and i think it might the be the one where the guy's doing whack-a-mole as well right, i might right. be wrong on that but i think that that one's but the like, same one but he said to me that video games have influenced all six of the episodes sure. in different ways which is really cool yeah um so what you were saying, though, I want to ask you guys your opinion about this. There's, there's a thing in the States called, I think it's called Screen, or it's, it's, being, it's coming under discussion a lot at the moment. And it's potentially that when a film comes out in the cinemas mm -hmm. on that day, you can pay <clears throat> quite a lot of money to stream it in your living room. Yep. Like £100. 
Oh, the day or, or well, um, they were talking about it being quite high. Premium, but right. the idea is that maybe you have four friends over, and yeah. if it's twenty pounds each, that's what you spend yeah. at the cinema. Sure, but you can watch it in the comfort of your own home. Now, the cinema, the cinemas are very unhappy about this and fighting against it for obvious reasons. Yeah, but the way we're, you know, watching TV now and watching yeah, yeah. these movies on our big televisions. Do you think this is a good idea? Do you think this is... If all movies were doing this going forward? Well, like, yes, until you said £100, because uh, my issue is kids, basically, yeah. which means it's unlikely that I'm going to get to, like, opening night of a film. So, I would so in a sense, it's appealing to you yeah, yeah. for that very Absolutely. reason. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, similarly, I wouldn't have four people around to watch it at the no. same time, because that's just as hard to get, like, yeah. you know, babysitters yeah. or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. But I would quite happily pay... I don't know, like 30 quid, maybe. Like, I don't know how you would do that. They, they, they like, haven't fixed how the price point yet. Yeah, thing. And it was interesting because like... it was funny. It was this producer again, this House of Cards guy. He was saying that he's really for it, but he thinks the price point should be very high. Sure. And then there's other people saying, you know, it should be 30 pounds or, or what have you. So I can see why it should be 100 quid. But at the same time, it's just it wouldn't be viable for me. Was that that thing that Spielberg said a few years ago that the, like cinemas will decline? There'll be fewer cinemas, but they'll offer a kind of higher quality experience, like theatre. Yeah, they'll, they'll have to do something yeah, yeah, that yeah. you can't replicate in your house. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to I want to try this kind of four D thing, the D box thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's I've heard people saying it's really really good fun. Yeah, apparently watching it's awesome. Fast and Furious on one of those chairs. Gasoline. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in for that. Yeah. Uh, any more TV anyone's watching? Uh, I finished uh, Fear the Walking Dead season two. Yep. I don't think it gets much better, if no. I'm completely honest. I just haven't been, I haven't been I tempted can't be at bothered. all. No. I've, uh, everything I've, I've heard of it is average, but yeah. Walking Dead proper is back soon. That I'm excited by. And I finally watched the end of Narco season two, which oh, is... I gave up. Really? I just, I just, yeah, I, not, not for any specific reason. So I need to get back on that you track. Need, yeah. But it is weird that uh, they've confirmed a season three. Yeah, okay. Don't say anything. Um, and four? I think... I thought they said three and four. Yeah, I think they said right, okay. Because I... Like, it was one, it's one of those things years. I really wanted to know what happens. But I was like, well, I can't Google it because that will spoil the story yeah. Yeah. for me. And I know where they're going with it. I've since sort of read up on it and I'm like, uh... Oh, mm. Well, yeah, and the, I guess the point is, I'm sure they think his narcos doesn't have to be about him. No, yeah. it can be about anyone. But he's so good in it. He's good. <laughs> Although I was, I think Gav was saying someone in the office was saying that um, they've got a friend. He is uh, so it's he's Brazilian. He's Brazilian. It's set in Mexico. Right. He's supposed to be Mexican, and Mexicans hate it because his accent is so terrible. Colombians. Right. Columbia, sorry, Columbia, yeah. which is obviously something that we wouldn't hear. Yeah, yeah, but apparently, yeah. they find him laughable in the role, right? Because the accent is just completely off. But we okay. wouldn't know that he is good. Yeah, he is good. Okay. Well, it's like, yeah, he's not yeah. in the same language as well, isn't it? Like, yeah, Portuguese. Yeah, funny. And he's still learn. good. Things you learn. Uh, I watched a TV show called National Treasure. Uh, I've, one <gasps> oh, episode left. I've watched two episodes of that. Yeah, it's pretty dark. It's so uh, dark. It? It's um, Robbie Coltrane, and it's um, kind of. Um, it's a reaction. It, who's the woman? Is it yeah. Julie Walters? Uh, Julie Walters. Yeah. Charlotte's been watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. like almost a, a reaction to the the John, Jimmy Savile stuff, and even Jimmy Savile does get. Oh, he's name checked. Yeah. yeah, so it's like right. they but try to. Like, and there's other kind of famous celebrities that are in it playing themselves early on to give it a little bit more kind of. Yeah, um, Alan Carrism. Yeah, but yeah, so he's a he's a he's an entertainer, light entertainer, family guy who who allegations come out that he had sex with their, their babysitter when she was underage. Um, it's written by Jack Thorne, who wrote um, This Is England with Shea Meadows recently. Mm. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's just really good. Yeah, it's Charlotte a really, good. really powerful drama. Not a lot of laughs, but... Oh, not funny. And but also, you... also it's, it's that slightly weird thing where he plays a character who was famous like back in the 70s and 80s, I think, like probably in sitcoms, like maybe like a Ronnie Barker, if Ronnie yeah. Barker hadn't died. And the, it's funny talking about that because that stuff is not funny. And it's like when he does bits for people in back of cabs, you're like, it's kind of just funny they're trading on this knowledge of something that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm also watching Holt and Catch Fire, the third season, which I really recommend. Have you I watched any of that? No. You've not heard of it? No. Oh, it's on Amazon, so maybe... I don't, know I don't have Amazon. Yeah. No. Um, it's about the birth of the computer age. Right. It's kind of like, I, I would say it's like Mad Men, but if Mad Men was set in the early 80s. Right. And was that sounds brilliant. About... Um, the building of the first 
you know yeah the early computer, computers in Silicon Valley and, and so the third season we're now up to people just social networking beginning and they're kind of they've had an idea for that and they're launching oh. that but the main character or not the main character one of the main characters is played by Lee Pace and he's very like Don Draper right um, but yeah it's just a really interesting show it's like Silicon Valley if that was a drama you know yeah yeah, yeah. but um, I, I just like the music that's a cool and I like pop, the clothes it's a cool premise for a show yeah no one seems to have, I'm surprised you guys haven't heard yeah, it yeah no but, that's uh, all, I'm, all right. I'll watch that that's my recommendation that's all, that's my uh, telly on telly on my street. Uh, top tip that's why he's not caught on telly top tip <laughs> Should we do feedback next? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, do the feedback. Yeah, feedback. Oh, you, uh, you two have got it. Who okay. wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, this is from L. Young. Levon. Levon. Levon Young. Uh, greetings. Greetings. Uh, in reference to last week's show, you're already dead and your life is flashing before your eyes Ooh. very slowly. That's why there's deja vu. You've literally already seen this. I don't know what, I don't know what this is. I wasn't on last week's show. Was any of us on last week's show? <laughs> no. um, also, uh, I'm scared of VR and may never try it. It's right up there with crack, drinking the water in Mexico, and keeping your eyes open when you sneeze. Might there be enough paranoia to kill this nascent industry? Aren't phones proof that technology is too addictive? Have you ever sneezed with your eyes open? <laughs> No. That wasn't the point. I know, yeah. but I'm, I'm now... You're preoccupied I kind of want that. to sneeze, want to, sneeze yeah. to see if I can like, hold my eyes open. Yeah, so we're talking about Black Mirror. Should we be scared of VR? Is it dangerous? Is I, there such thing? I don't think it's healthy. I you know play what? No, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because <laughs> I well. played Batman VR for an hour, hour and 15. And I would say for a good couple of hours afterwards, I felt like a little bit spaced out and not quite with it. Mm. And I don't think that's healthy. Yeah, you're not the first person. Someone else in the office was saying that a couple of days ago that they had a go and felt ill. Like, for, like not not just motion sickness, but like I was like took it off, came outside, looking at my screen, and it felt like I was mm. still in another reality. Oh, and I was really? like, that's a bit wow. weird. I just I just don't like it that much. Right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> no, I enjoy playing Batman VR, and I enjoy playing some of the experiences. And I think the technology will have lots of cool applications, probably in things that are not games as well. But, but I, do, I, I agree in that, I'm like, super way too often, like, I'm, my wife and I sat there on the telly and she's just on Facebook on her phone. It's like, put your goddamn phone oh, down. So last night when I was seeing the episode of Black Mirror, yeah. the two people next to me in the cinema, in the front row, it, you couldn't have written it. Charlie Brooker couldn't have written it. They're on their phones throughout the entire episode, updating Twitter and Facebook on like just hard cycle, like just wanted the random reward of a notification. Yeah. And then during the Q&A, they were still doing it. And she asked a question and they were also talking. And when Charlie Brooker was giving the answer to her question, she was still doing it. Yeah. And it's I just, I couldn't. Did you say something? Do you know any I read? No, I'm not saying anything. Say something. I do. do you, I'll just, never learn. I just. Never I feel like they're a lost cause. Like they obviously don't even yeah. realise, and they're doing it together. Ah, despicable people. Like I've, I've really tried to make a conscious effort to put my phone down when I'm at home and try and yeah. interact with other human beings around me. And virtual reality is the polar opposite. Well, of that. I, I did it on Sunday. I've, I've been really looking forward to watching Bridge of Spies. Mm. And I knew it was two and a half hours that I was going to have to concentrate, and so I, I literally put my phone in another room. Yeah. It is bad because, it, like, it's just too, you just uh, yeah, you do you do. Like, well, you know, like there. the principle behind it. They've done like experiments with rats, and it is random reward is more satisfying than like having something on demand. Right. So they would put a, a, a dispenser in a rat's cage, and if they pressed it, they would get some food yeah. every single time. Yeah. And a rat would press it when it was hungry. What they then did was, like, it would only dispense food sometimes when you press the button. Right. Rats will do that forever. Right. Because the idea of, like, ooh, I might get something yeah. this time is more exciting, and that's what notifications are. Ooh, I might get a DM. Yeah. Ooh, I might get an update. And people just do it mm -hmm. like crazy. And the yeah. same, like, rats will, like... And then once you take away the food, they'll actually do it forever until they die. And that's us. Heavy stuff. Just a rat in a there cage. All right, next bit of feedback. Yeah. <laughs> bit lighthearted. Finn. Finn's written in and he said, after week's, last week's discussion of VR Batman Arkham, I was wondering what other movie, book, TV franchise would make good VR games. My personal choice would be Mad Max, as it could be similar-ish to London Heist game. And Mad Max is effing aces. Um, is there any kind of movie, TV, book or world that you would like to enter into? 
Obviously, yeah. Red Shoe Diaries. Uh, <laughs> all in seriousness. Fifty Shades. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was going to say that's for like he is beautiful. I know that there is a Star Wars game coming already, but that is focused purely on the X Wing, right? But imagine if you don't remember the Battle Pod game. Yep. But if they did all that, so there was like a snow speeder bit where you had to take down uh, Atats in a snow speeder. Even if you were like synced up, so one person was flying, the other person was in the back firing the tow cable. That would be awesome. It's all Star Wars, by the way. Speeder bikes in Return of the Jedi. More Star Wars? Come on. Even if it's just exploring the Millennium Falcon, I'd be happy with that. I, yeah, I'm more of a... I want to wander over there and sit with Chewie and play whatever that chess game is. Space chess. It's not called space chess. It's, it's, called, it's, called, it's, it's called space chess. I've seen not. the box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or basically, you know, the Battlefront dogfights, but them, them being multiple. You will feel so sick but doing no, that. No, no, it's just like Valkyrie, right? Yeah. Which, as long as you're not an idiot and you fly like a... A proper pilot. He said at the end of that email, you can't pick Star Wars. So he does. Yeah, he does. He says you cannot pick Star Wars. He says. um, And then uh, the helicopter bit in Apocalypse Now. Uh, Oh, that's good. I would like to relive famous scenes from movies. That'd be brilliant. Ah, Just like flying in would be awesome. Yeah. Like uh, if if we were doing that, then I would pick the bike scene from ET. Oh, it'd be so good. Oh, I'd be crying. I'd be crying. We've done the ride at Universal Studios. Yeah. And it says your name at the end. That's so good. Anyway, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely up for like exploration stuff, yeah. like just being in sets that are famous in movies. Like, I'd like to look around the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, I'd like to look around Jurassic Park if it didn't go wrong, and just kind of walk around like it was a zoo. No, just but stuff you've like that to go wrong as well, though. No, but then you've got to have like the gaming aspects where it's like it'd be a bit rubbish, maybe. Mm. I just want to go like explore these worlds that I love from movies, and you know, and what like in the sort of gyroscope or something. Yeah, but like Shining would be so good. Yeah. And then at the end, you go up to, you know, the room. We should go to that Stanley Hotel. We should do a... a well, the actual room. one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's not the actual one, is it? Is it like, not? Well, the outside is, and then he also then rebuilt it in England, didn't he? Right. I met, I met a guy that did a, was doing a film festival there. Yeah. Every year, they'd have, like, this Shining film And there's festival. no room 237 no, in that hotel. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Because there's only like 180 rooms or something. I find uh, it weird that most American hotels uh, don't have floor 13. Yeah, uh, it's very strange, weird. isn't it? Very superstitious country. Yeah. And ground floor is one. Yep. It's annoying. Yeah. Are you superstitious? No, not really, no. I'm a little bit stitious. That's a good joke. <laughs> um, mine's a bit of a cheat, but I'm going to pick the book Ready Player One. Right. Which Spielberg is currently turning into a film. But that is about people playing in a virtual reality world. Okay. It's it's, it's, not it's just virtual reality. How I describe it is, it's like a cross between uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and The Matrix. Right. About this kind of scavenger hunt happening in this virtual game where whoever is victorious wins this company and it's worth billions. But it's the guy that created the game was obsessed with seventies and eighties pop culture. Yeah. And so all the worlds and it's um, and places you go are like there's Back to the Future Land and there's you know, Starsky and Hutch, whatever. There's all this stuff from my childhood that he's flung in there because it's his childhood as well. Yeah. And so, I, A, I can't wait to see what Spielberg does turning that into a movie, but B, like, I think it'd be fun to explore those worlds. Big nostalgia trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great book, by the way. But you'd rather do it all in real life, though, right? That's the thing. Virtual reality. Yeah, but it's not as good as... That's reality, literally not going to happen. This that is the, the question. Why not? They might find the demon seed of dinosaurs and remake them sorry I was looking at the Lego dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> but Hill Valley doesn't exist so how can I get to Hill Valley unless it's a virtual reality version someone might make it I don't know what that and means then, and then they'll do time they'll invent time travel time will tra- trade our time bar <laughs> exactly uh, is that it is that it for feedback I'll that's it for feedback, feedback which leaves us with our very last feature which is a celebration Okay. I would say, of your last nine years here at IGN. Uh, and I wanted to ask you what your highlights are from the last nine years. Obviously, some of them have been on the podcast. Well, some of them haven't. I thought, I thought this was going to be your highlights of me. I'm joking. I didn't um, have enough time. So, uh, I've got a few things. The podcast is the first thing I would say. Like, it's been brilliant. Uh, and especially, most notably, the two live podcasts, I think. Those are two of the best nights I've had. They were good fun. Working at IGN and getting to meet people that listen and watch. 
Because sometimes you just think it's going out into a vacuum. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the fact that oh, so many people came down and, you know, felt like they knew us and yeah. felt like I knew some of them because of all the emails we get from certain people. And yeah, it was just, it was really good fun. Yeah. And it blows my mind that people do listen to this. It is crazy. You know, when you say something just like about your life and then people remember it and bring it up to you quite a lot. Yes. <laughs> Especially <laughs> toilets. Oh yeah, like you've t- like so I listened to the podcast for a long time before I got a job here, yeah. and you had like in those early like from zero to a hundred, there were a lot of classic Tilly toilet tales. Yeah, I mean, it which was another feature that was never had a title, but could have it had culminated in, in our first ever videoed podcast, me needing the loo during it, which has never happened before or since. But I had to walk out of the room. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a bit embarrassing. But yeah, oh yeah, there was the time I got locked in the nightclub toilet. And was yep. texting people, to tweet, okay. tweeting people to try, tell the club to come and get me. That's where yep. Silly Tweets comes from. And actually... Um, silly Toilet Tweets. Bill Murray, meeting Bill Murray kind of in a toilet. So yeah, it's been cool Jake getting Gyllenhaal. to meet some of my heroes. Oh yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal in the toilet. <laughs> when you think about it, most of your life has revolved around Neil toilet. Gaiman. I, mean, I had a chat with Neil Gaiman in a toilet. You've done a lot, like of, your your best, you've done a lot of your best work in the toilet. I you're supposed to do junkets in a hotel room, not in the bathroom next to it. I saved, I stopped Jake Gyllenhaal punching a man in a toilet. Um, but yeah, so getting to meet Bill Murray was weird but exciting, and getting to finally interview Quentin Tarantino. I always had three people I most want to interview. Yeah, Tarantino is the only one I've got so far. Who are the other two? Uh, Spielberg and Scorsese. Right. So if um, Scorsese, if you're listening, I yeah. think he, I think he does. Spielberg watches. Give Big me a fan ring. of the podcast. Give me a Sp- ring. Spielberg does video version. Yeah. So yeah, it's fun. You know, it's so exciting getting to meet your heroes sometime. And Pele was another highlight getting to meet Pele in Brazil. Yeah, madness. Um, I think the probably the best thing I've done since I've been here uh, is Kapow. Yeah, it was the hardest thing we did. So, so this that was, was a, just before you joined. Yeah, yeah. in fact, oh, the weekend before. Came, yeah. So for people who don't know what that is, um, how long ago? Four or five years ago? Mm, yeah, five. Be yeah, five, we, five we, and a half now. We we teamed up with Mark Miller to put on a convention in London called Kapow. And we had a big IGN section and we had our own stage and we had games there and we were doing live interviews and quizzes and competitions and stuff. And it was such hard work putting it together that the two weeks before were some of the most stressful I've had at this company. Yeah. And poor Rich Keane, I thought he was going to kill him at one point. I, the thing I remember most about that was how having no experience of doing stage work whatsoever, it was suddenly, oh, you've got to fill an entire <laughs> stage for eight hours a day and it's like yeah. right eight hours <laughs> and I remember standing on stage with Christian Stevenson who's a DJ barbecue does presenting work <laughs> he's DJ <And> barbecue thankfully <laughs> just like threw that out he, like, well he never used to be DJ barbecue but he is now that's he, a great name <laughs> isn't that yes. is he DJ barbecue he is yes good for him um, <laughs> and he does a ton of work with Jamie Oliver and things like that anyway uh, he was just the presenter for hire but if it wasn't for him yeah. oh my god I would have he saved our baby died yeah. Because he could fill, yeah. whereas we couldn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> and and the, the, the worst and the best bit was when we'd, we kind of convinced Paramount to bring um, Thor and Loki down, yeah. Hebsworth and Hiddleston, and word got round that they were probably going to come, and it was right at the end of We'd the whole We'd been building convention. it up. Yeah, and so everyone there came to our stage, to the point that people were having to be on other different levels because it was too many people there. Yeah. And... I was on stage at that point to introduce them and then I got the message in my ear that uh, they haven't left the hotel yet and they might not come yeah. but keep filling and then it kept going on and on it was just and, over an hour's worth of filling yeah and people were getting frustrated and annoyed and I just didn't know what we were going to do if they didn't show up and I got Mark Miller to come out and I kind of had a chat with Mark on stage and then we'd run out of things to say and I I just ran off the stage <laughs> I just I was like Mark can handle this for a bit and he, I mean, he'll talk all day. So, yeah. but yeah, it was the most cowardly thing I've ever done. And then, but, but thankfully, thankfully, they turned up. They turned up, and yeah, it was just such a great moment when they and they we got them. I think five minutes we had them on stage for. Yeah. But it was just enough that people didn't tear yeah. down the stage and beat yeah. us up. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think Kapow is probably my greatest memory of being here. It was it was good fun. Yeah, really good. And uh, what is the the kind of. Don't worry. I don't know where this is going. No, I was just going to say, is like, what's the one thing you're going to miss the most? Uh, it's it's going to be leaving. Uh, I've got to check 
pick my words carefully because I've said this a few times lately and I could get in trouble for what I was going to say. Uh, it's leaving the team that we've got. Okay. I think because, uh, you know, a company isn't about the amount of traffic you get or yeah. the amount of money you're making from advertising. It's about the people. And we've got such a lovely, strong, yeah. great team right now. You know, I really get along with everyone. I really like working with everyone. I like doing the podcast. I can do the podcast with anyone and have a good time. And yeah, yeah I'm really sad. But it also makes me happy because I feel like I'm leaving the com- you know, the team in really good shape. Yep. So yeah, that's without doubt the thing I'll miss the most. So how quickly we'll see a Tilly on telly at your new gaff? At the new place. Uh, Next week. Yeah, no, give, give me time. Oh, so it's my screen off. The mic's <laughs> <laughs> give me time. Well, it depends. Did, you, did you like Tilly on telly? It's your first experience. <laughs> well, you would you watch it? a piece of television that I'd never heard of and now I'm intrigued. Yeah. So it, it, uh, it, it fulfills. It's like, the purpose. It's a good headline. Yeah. You know what you're getting and it, it fulfills that. And I did get some nice feedback over the get down, actually. People, a couple of people wrote in after I talked about the get down on here, said they watched it and loved it. So there you go. Tilly mm-hmm. on telly's top tips. That's your job, though. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done? We are. are. I think we are. Well, look. Yeah. I was just going to say thank you very much personally from me because it's been an absolute pleasure with working with you, Chris. And uh, I always find that, you know, doing the podcast with you, you know, we're slightly older than the other people, (laughs) shall we say? A little bit. I feel Um, like I'm now with you guys as well. (laughs) Yeah, now we've got us. We have the history. Um, And I'm really going to miss it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, But we'll still see you a lot. Exactly. I'm only going to be around the corner. And so, yeah, lastly, I just want to thank everyone that's listened to this podcast at any point or, or read anything that I put on the site, uh, written emails in, uh, written unpleasant comments where they called me a moron. Uh, yeah, thank you, because it's been a brilliant nine years. And yeah, yeah I've got, I'll stop talking yeah, I'm get emotional. Yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm not going to say anything because I just said my goodbye to you and I gave you a hug and that, that, that was, cry. That was a quite a lot as well. Yeah. All right, then. All right. We'll miss Thanks you, for tuning in, everyone. And on that note, we will see you next week, but unfortunately... Chris Tilly won't. Oh, oh my God. That was brutal, wasn't it? We'll miss you, Chris. I'm not dying. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.